Welcome to Lifestyle Club, the podcast. For those who may be new to listening, we are Helen Drury and Maggie Devine Inman. We're both wives of former professional footballers and together we have created a community for the wives and partners of current and former footballers. The reason we created our very own podcast was to give a voice to this community of mostly women. So often we hear the football story from a player's perspective, but on our podcast, we hear from the partner, a player's closest support system. Our guests give us a peek behind the curtain, sharing their stories and giving an insight into their life in football, tackling a range of subjects from mental health, supporting their partner and breaking down stereotypes. Today, we had the chance to speak to our lovely member, Zoe Irio, who is girlfriend to footballer Daniel AJ. We met Zoe earlier this year at an event we hosted alongside the PFA. She's such a passionate person when it comes to change for the better. We absolutely adore her and we felt really honored to have her on the podcast to speak about everything from self-love, the unconscious bias, and how important it is to be transparent about your experiences. We hope you enjoyed this honest conversation. Well, firstly, we just wanted to say thank you for coming on to our podcast today. Um, One of the ways in which we like to describe this podcast is that it's a peek behind the curtain into life and football from a wife or partner's perspective, like yourself. And it gives a voice to this community that so often gets unfairly judged. And uh, early this month, you wrote a really great piece for our members only website about your life in football with Daniel. Um, but when we read your story, it felt like it was such an important conversation that needed to be heard on a bigger scale, not just for our members. Can you just explain why you said yes to sharing your experience of life in football and um, why you think it's important for you to do that? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, yeah, writing the piece was really, it was interesting for me. Uh, I, I said yes to sharing my experience because I think it's important that we as wives and partners and people in general, that we're always transparent. Um, more often than not, I think we're we're quite similar to, you know, one another people that we walk past because of the experiences that we have. So the more open we are about them, the more transparent we are and the more we make sure that we're raising awareness about all of these issues, like the ones I raised in the, in yeah. the piece that we'll get into, uh, I think we'll all be better off for it. So that was the main reason why I said yes, just to be transparent about my lived experience. And I'm sure there are probably other women out there that can relate. Um, also just mm-hmm. education, really. Um, you know, some of the things that I touch on are not the lived experience of others. So it, it might not be something that they have to face in their everyday reality. So it'll be interesting for them to see what life is like for you know me or, or my partner Dan and um, due to the color of our skin for example or yeah. just different things so yeah it was really important for me to just put it down on paper and it's been well received so far so I just appreciate the opportunity really yeah and it has and it has it really has been well received I mean we just loved reading it and that's why we, we were so passionate and going we have to get Zoe on and obviously we met you <laughs> at our PFA um event that we did and I remember just after the meeting when we were chatting to you and we were just talking about the different issues and the challenges that often footballers face and your story is so different to my story and I just think mm. everyone's is just as important and it was like right we have to speak to Zoe more oh yeah yeah, yeah no I felt I felt the same thing uh, I remember leaving that that PFA meeting with, with the two of you and meeting all the other the ladies and just feeling really kind of inspired and just I felt like it reawakened this passion that I have so getting the opportunity to then write a piece as well it's been great Oh, and, and you are so transparent in your piece, which is, you know, obviously one of the reasons why you wrote it, because you feel that's really important to be transparent in sharing your experience. 
one of the um, things you speak about that really resonated with us was the importance of self-love in football. We found this part of your piece so valuable. Can you share how this became such a pillar in one of the ways you support Dan? Oh, that is a that is a difficult one. I feel like there's a lot to unpack there, but yeah. um, to start from the beginning, both me and Dan have been raised, so, you know, in Christian households. So um, a lot of our identity is found kind of in our faith and, you know, being being a good person and the, the way that God has potentially called us to live. So uh, it's just about more than ourselves. So yeah. we've both grown up having, having that kind of sense of identity um, within our homes. So it's been relatively easy for us to translate that into our relationship and then also into our, our careers. So especially down with football. Um, and I've I've made it a priority to always remind him, you know, you getting this opportunity to play football is incredible. It's amazing. You know, we're very grateful to God that you get to live this life, but you are an individual also outside mm-hmm. of the game and, and you're valuable to me as a human being, as a man, as a partner. Um, you know, if this football thing was to ever go away, you know, we, like after your career, you, you are valuable without it. Um, it's the key message that I, every day, mm-hmm. every day I just try, you know, people say affirmations. I, I feel like I just try and shower him with that. So he remembers it and he knows it. And when he goes to work, he can always remember, you know, if this goes away, I'm valuable. Yeah. yeah. Which is super important in this, in this career, in this industry, because, you know, I think the average career is like eight years or something and you, no one is, is necessarily going to have the same career as somebody else. So you don't know when that time is up. So you have, there is another chapter after football. So it's understanding that you aren't defined by this one part of your life, this one stage in your life. There is, you know, you've got to look ahead and think you're, you're bigger than that. You're bigger than football. Definitely. And then even just um, now bringing into the the complexity of now being a, a black player, like yeah. there, are, there are so many other challenges that you face. Mm-hmm. And, and even growing up, you've got issues with self-love as a black girl, like love, learning to love my natural hair. That's been like a big thing. I'm, I'm almost 20, I'm 26 next week. And mm. I, it's still a, a journey that I'm on. All of these different complexities. So I think also watching my parents, um, they they came from Nigeria maybe about 30 odd years ago now, worked their way up in the NHS. Um, you know, maybe when the country racism tensions were still kind of relatively yeah. high. So just being able to, Dan, also his parents have a similar story. So being able to watch them kind of come here, navigate, overcome. Um, I know that Dan uses all of those inspirations to further himself in the game. Mm. And that's definitely something that a lot of, people out there can like relate to you know the their parents moving over here you know finding their own path and and it's it's how people reacted back then to now and it is has there been a shift would you say there's been a shift since you know you were younger uh, yeah Dan- there's definitely been a shift for sure um there has been a shift we would always want more there's always room for more yeah. um <laughs> but I, I would say I think in my piece I, I mentioned more the, the phrase unconscious bias as opposed to you know um, racism and I think that I, that was a very conscious decision that I made because in this country as, and obviously Maggie you can correct me as opposed to you know an America or <laughs> where you might deal with more overt cases mm-hmm. uh, of racism per se in the UK it's all quite kind of subliminal, subliminal yeah. or um like unconscious bias people might not realize how it comes across so 
I think that's the real issue we're dealing with today. Whereas my parents might have dealt with, and still, you know, my dad's coming to the end of his his medical career, and there are still some things he looks back on, and he, and he knows that you know he was mistreated. But we move on, and things have gotten better for us now. He looks at me. I I work in finance. My yeah. sister's a lawyer. My other one's a doctor. He's like he feels so proud that we've been able to make these strides Absolutely. in this country. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of progress, and even in the game, you look at any team now. There's so much diversity, and you know it's not just oh they're being allowed to play. They are they are you know big superstars in their in their team. So mm-hmm. we've come such a long way, and um, there's still way more for us to to do and further we can go. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in the article you wrote for us, you you talk about like what you just mentioned, the unconscious bias when it comes to race and how um, people are often uncomfortable or offended talking about these things. And, and it really is a big issue. I still think it's a big issue and one that is often the narrative for for black footballers. And I know mm. we've spoken about this with you, but for anyone listening, can you tell us what Daniel has encountered? And as his partner, how have you supported him? How How have you dealt with all this? Yeah, so we've dealt, so some of the things that I've spoken about in the piece was, you know, like the the difference in perception and how, obviously I, I, could, I could be biased here when I'm speaking about Dan, obviously I, he's my he's my partner, but, you know, he's he's a really technically gifted player. Like that that's probably one of his strongest suits, right? He just yeah. happens to also be like quite strong build um, and he can also run very fast. Like that's that's just the reality. But I feel like often, Throughout his whole career, when when you know other players have spoken about him, media has spoken about him, even you know managers, it's always like he's reduced to just his power and his pace. And you know, whenever whenever people are talking about tactics, it's always just like, yeah. So Dan, if you could just run and and you just run and you yeah. just get down here, he's like, well, you know, I'd really like to get amongst it, and I'm I can handle the ball, I can do this. But it's like, no, 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 no. If you if you two just run, then it's just very. I don't know it's just all it's almost kind of like marginalized into this you know stereotypical you know black people can race a cheater almost thing mm, and, yeah. and it's it's often it's often very uncomfortable um and yeah also you know at, at some clubs we've been out it's but it's been more kind of over uncomfortable things that's really messed with Dan mentally uh yeah that thank god we've overcome you know the club right now he's really really enjoying his football and enjoying being there and enjoying kind of learning under the management so seeing seeing how the two have kind of you hold them side by side and it's like the experiences are so different um yeah but yeah he's he's really gone through a lot Mm. the only way I could really support is just you know giving him the space to to vent and validating his feelings and just reminding him every day going back to that valuable point you know like it doesn't matter what these people are saying or what they're trying to push you into or how they're trying to reduce your talent to this one genetic trait or two genetic traits you might have you are more than that and and just remember that every day and whenever you get the opportunity in the minutes to play show that to the world yeah yeah when we saw you at our event you mentioned one of the ways that you kind of try and help him and protect him is like you filter through comments and things do you oh yeah do you still do that and is that like been (laughs) <laughs> all the time yeah, yeah. so um so we, we yeah we went for a period of time where uh, yeah it probably wasn't Dan like it, he he would admit this himself he wasn't his mental health wasn't like flourishing at that, at that period of time mm. and he would he would find himself like just 
indulging so much in yeah, all of the different comments that was yeah it was it was like a spiral almost that it, it didn't sit well with me so what I would try and do in the gap of time be- before the game so my Saturday afternoons basically consisted of you know waking up I'm studying for qualifications so maybe do something for a couple of hours and then from 1 p.m to about 6 30 from one to three, I'd like listen to the team news, listen to every single radio station that might possibly cover his team's local area, mm-hmm. hear what they've had to say. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I'd watch the game and then I'd be throughout the game, I'd be all over the social media, like trying to like read things and like figure out like, okay, what, what might Dan come across if he was to pick up his phone later? And then yeah. after the game, I quickly like listen to the local kind of discussions after the game and then I'll try and like make notes if there's anything that he might like I that is good things for him to know like yeah. there might be errors that he's made that he could improve on but I know I could deliver them in a better way yeah. than th- these people that don't know him that don't care about him I've just yeah. said so exactly. I'll try and get all of that out yeah. whilst filtering through all the noise and then I catch him maybe around an hour after the game at like six so I'll be like hi don't <laughs> look at your phone don't look at all of this but these are the three takeaway points that I think you should work on. Amazing. And you'd be like, okay. So yeah. it's like I have to deal with all of the noise, all of the like yeah. aggravation, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. And I would I would get annoyed for the both of us. And then I would be able to give him maybe the three gems of information that he can use to better himself. Yeah. I think all I think all wives and partners, when you when you're when your partner has played a game or something, you you kind of there's a there's a need to see what the people think and it's kind of like this it's you know why do we put ourselves through that sometimes especially if they've lost or or had a bad game but and I think all players out there face some sort of um negative press or some sort of adversity or worry or stress and 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 all the different things that people can pick at them you know for but then when you put on top of that the fact that Dan is a black player like is there there's a whole different level then added that you're looking out for that someone like myself, yeah. a white woman and with a white husband, I haven't had to look for, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, the abuse. Mm-hmm. It's a different level for you in that, in that respect. Yeah, like, to be fair, like, we, we've had some of those, that kind of overt racism, but I, I would say that Dan's been probably more on the privileged side. He hasn't, yeah. from what I've seen anyway, um, had to be subjected to a lot of that. Where Dan... I feel like he's he falls victim to even to this day we had we had an experience on we had a game on Friday it didn't go the best and not personally for him really but the whole team it was like a 3-0 defeat it wasn't the best Mm. Friday night loads of people there and I just thought and I just went I went on Twitter like to be fair we're quite good now we we don't really we don't really associate with the game the game was quite bad so I thought let me just have a look you know Mm -hmm. for fun and and a lot of the comments like Dan there were a lot of comments about Dan and oh he should have done this and he should have done this and bear in mind the the whole team it was like a three nil defeat it was terrible and there were there were errors potentially all over the pitch that had nothing to do with Dan but it just seemed like the only the the only kind of corrections or uh, errors people could find or issues they could find were with Dan And, and it was one of those things where as a black person you read it and you know they're only getting this because they are black Right. It's hard to describe to people that that are not black because they don't know what it's like to kind of walk walk around or tiptoe yeah. or be like, oh, okay, I, I pray I don't speak too loud because I don't want them to think I'm just this loud black person, yeah. or I don't I don't want to laugh too loud because I don't want them to think I'm disrupted. There's all these different things that go into the nuance of 
unconscious bias. So mm. when I was reading all of these comments, you know, people have written think pieces about the game on Friday and how it's gone and, oh, you know, Dan could have just done this. And if Dan could have just done this. Mm. Yeah. But there so are other, like, there, yeah. Mm. yeah. So it's almost like they're, they're, you, the way you see it is like it's picking up on Dan because of the colour of his skin, which is if he was a different colour, there would be a different, potentially have a different reaction. I think, yeah. um, didn't, um, oh, I can't remember, oh, yeah, Raheem Sterling. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. two or three years ago, he spoke out about this. And I think he naturally went through a time, and I'm, pardon me if I don't know if he still d- does, but he went through a time where a lot of the media would um, pick him yeah. out for certain things, despite the fact that he was doing amazing. And I think he even faced some sort of abuse on social media. And then I think he highlighted, it was like two players at Man City, two young players, one white, one black. Yeah. And they both bought their mum's houses. Mom's house, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you remember? Yeah. They both mm-hmm. bought their mum's houses. They're both doing really well. And the media sort of, picked it up as the the black player was being flashy or you know just mm-hmm. a ne- just a naturally a negative it was spun differently put it that way and whereas yeah. the white player it was kind of like wow isn't he done well and yet it was the exact same scenario and it's that highlighted I think for me I remember when me and Maggie spoke about it, it was like mm-hmm. it's like wow that really is you know and I think Raheem's had it where it's been like if he's shopping in a cheaper oh, shop yeah. it's always yeah. a cheapskate if he's in yeah. if he's buying a nice car oh, he's flashy and he's greedy or if he wants more money he's greedy and yet mm-hmm. none of that has been written about to my knowledge um from a white player's perspective and yeah and I, I think in that in that sense everybody the press and everyone has a duty to kind of like not sp- not speak like that and, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. just like baked in almost like this yeah. this narrative yeah. and then yeah. we read it and we have to be aware of what we're reading and how it is the unconscious bias you know and it's great that they you know that it gets highlighted more and more but so many times it isn't so it's so important mm-hmm. like these conversations we're having just to raise awareness yeah. which is you know at Lifestyle Club, we try our best to educate, signposts, and provide space for wives and partners to share their experiences of life in football. And when it comes to racism in football, a lot more can be done, like Helen was saying, in conversations like this around the unconscious bias and understanding what Black players and their partners face and go through is so, so important to speak about. Because many of the things that you do, Zoe, on you know a match day, post-match day, like your to protect Dan, your white counterparts don't have to even think about doing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they do things in a different way, but you know, they don't face the same unconscious bias that you are. Um, so we appreciate so much you writing and speaking to us about it because we think this is part of where change comes from is the kind of like opening your eyes a bit more to what is happening. Um, so, but is there anything you would say like any advice you would give somebody who is like coming into football and kind of like in this position of as a player, as a partner of a black player, that they're kind of struggling to handle the kind of unconscious bias and the situations that are happening that like you have so much experience with, like, would you have any advice for them? Um, yeah, I would just say first and foremost, like fortify yourself as, mm-hmm. as an individual, as a, as a wife, as a partner, because it, you have to be strong in order to support them. And it's not just strength for them. It's also strength for you because you're going to have to read all of this stuff about your partner or your, your husband. So, you know, fortify your mind. First of all, I would say like, like this football 
kind of lifestyle. It's not for the faint hearted, um, <laughs> which I think is the misconception uh, that's often uh, kind of put out, put out there. But yeah, I would say first and foremost, fortify yourself so that you're kind of like a stronghold. Mm-hmm. And then always just focus on being an ally and validating their, their feelings um, and just making sure that they know that, you know, even if that no one else in the world cares or thinks what they're going through is real or um, cares that they're going through this, they know that that you're a safe space um, yeah. and that you're always going to support them and have their back. And don't get me wrong, like when, when Dan's done something bad or like he's played badly, I, I will tell him I'm very analytical. I'll be like, mm, I feel like you should have stuck your foot out there. Maybe the girl wouldn't have gone in. Or <laughs> yeah. You needed to track back down like you're a winger these days. Like I'll tell him all of this stuff. Do you know what I mean? But it's always, it's always done with kind of love and grace and that's all that you can do. Um, mm. And one other thing I think is important to say is, or to acknowledge is that I'm speaking from the perspective of another black person because yeah. I'm a black woman so yeah. but in in reality and by statistics there are going to be so many players out there black players who have non-black partners so mm. um just a word for them is just keep doing what you're doing be allies and um, and just always validate and and just listen and yeah. I think sometimes as as human beings we do our best to kind of interpret or offer advice and due to that kind of relationship where you might be non you might be non-black and your your partner is black it's very important that you you validate what they're feeling because it might not be what you lived but yeah as long as you come from a place of love and you're always willing to validate and support that's yeah. that's so important to them that will be more than they could ever ask for so yeah yeah and I think um Zoe you know you know when you said about how it's about educating. It's about speaking up. When it mm. um, when it comes to race, how how do you personally yourself approach? It? Like, do you go straight in with it and tell someone if they've if they've done something wrong? Like, because obviously, people can harbour unconscious bias, but not realise. Like, they not mm. everyone realises what they're saying is wrong, mm. and they're like, "Oh no, I, I'm not. I'm not racist." But no, what you're saying is coming across incredibly racist. Like, how? What do you do? Like, do you? How do you approach someone when you feel like you want to? speak up and educate them <laughs> yeah definitely I think uh, I think it first of all it depends on my relationship with the with the yeah. with the person if it's someone that you know I'm close with or I or I have you know enough familiarity with I, I will just I'll never come like accusatory or anything it will just be like you know why have you chosen those words that you've said mm. and and it will make them think oh I don't know why I've chosen those words that I've said and and we'll just have a discussion around it, and I'll explain to them like this is how it could come off. This is how it could yeah. potentially make someone feel. And um, you know, why would you choose those words? Would you maybe want to choose them better next time? Mm-hmm. And and it's it is for, for a lot of people, it is just education. You know, yeah. you you might be raised a certain way, or you know, things you see on TV, different things, or even like you said, sometimes you might read the media might kind of spin things in such yeah. a way that affects the psyche, that affects the lens in which you view the world. So. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things, it's not, um, it's not people's fault. They just maybe have never heard or have been challenged. So mm-hmm. I always come from a place of um, love and just wanting to educate. And um, maybe yeah. if it's a bit overt and you can see the intent behind was to offend, my mm-hmm. approach would be different. But yeah. to be honest, that's that's not really my my face reality. Like most times, people might just say things, and you can see it's just a comment. They really do not mean any offense, and, no. and they'll do better next time. And I think you said in your um, piece that I thought was really good is you actually said like in reality, 
we all have biases like that there's you know you can be biased against someone when they reach a certain age or a woman doing something or um you know the footballer's wife the whole wag thing like everyone Mm -hmm. has we've all we can all be guilty of it to some degree um and I think it's just a case of it's a duty to take action like as you said like as allies what are we going to do to create change like make sure we speak up make sure we identify Mm -hmm. the issues and just yeah yeah, yeah definitely. I agree. Having conversations like this and educating, because like you said, Zoe, is like, you know, doing better next time and and allowing like that space to educate and, and almost like not be too scared to talk about things to the fact that then you don't create change. Yeah. I think definitely. sometimes, yeah, you, you do get some topics where people feel like it's just like they don't want to put a foot wrong. So then they don't like kind of open that door up to talk about things but then in that sense they never move forward um and aren't necessarily challenged or feel like it's not a safe space to kind of recognize an unconscious bias um which I think yeah when you when you say unconscious bias versus racism I think it also makes people kind of I think it's an easier way for some people to talk about it because then they they realize that so much of this is is like they didn't they, they maybe they didn't even realize it was happening yeah. type of thing yeah so um and then they can do better so and these conversations are really important to us to be a part of and for the lifestyle club to be able to have everybody in different perspectives offer their story so mm-hmm. and we feel really blessed to have such a great community that do feel comfortable sharing and we've had numerous women talk about their lived experiences so and today was just an example of like one another amazing woman on our site. <laughs> Thank you both so much. Honestly, I really appreciate you just, you know, having the awareness and the foresight to to allow space for these kind of discussions to happen. It really does mean a lot. And I know um, even us being brave enough to have this discussion here will help women that are listening and, and just inspire them to kind of share their experiences too, or, you know, to try and better the circumstances. So yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And um, and yeah, your full story is on the site. So we will link that into the podcast and the details. But thank you so much, Zoe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.